Hey there, I'm Shalene Johnson, and you have tuned into The Shalene Show. Today, I am going to give you a completely fresh perspective on dealing with toxic people and what we can do to give them less power in our lives. Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. The term toxic people is very common. We hear it all the time. In fact, you've probably decided to rid your own life of, quote, toxic people. At a minimum, there are people who in your brain, in the privacy of your own head, you've labeled them as toxic. Or maybe you've received a phone call or a warning from someone you really trust. Be careful of so-and-so. They are toxic. But what does that word really mean? Like when you, in your mind, even if you haven't told anyone that, if If you and your mind have labeled somebody as toxic, what are we saying about them? And and really, what does it say about us? And most importantly, what can we do about it? The Shalene Show is all about helping us live a better life, right? So I gave this some thought myself recently and thinking about how it doesn't really make me feel good when I even think of somebody as being toxic. So first, before we go into the tips, I want to clarify the word toxic, and I want to state publicly that I'm going to do my best to stop using that word, and here's why. When I look up the term toxic or toxic people, I mean, there's a lot of descriptions on the internet. Everyone has their own opinion, but in general, most people agree that a toxic person is somebody that we think of who sucks the life out of us, is harmful. There's somebody who tends to bring us down. They can injure us or lower our our energy level. Sometimes toxic people are people who purposely try to corrupt or manipulate our thoughts. They are people who try to impede. They are people who try to make it all about them or make you feel bad. They're generally speaking, people who are toxic are people that we consider poisonous. They're bad for our health. They're bad for our well-being At a minimum, if they're not bad for us, they're at least very draining and or stressful for us. Sometimes we consider people toxic who simply just want to complain or make us feel responsible for them. So it's not that they're evil or that they're bad people, but they're just not good for us. So maybe we should stop calling them toxic. And the other reason why this has come to me is I've got two really good friends and each thinks the other is purely toxic, poisonous, which to me seems so odd because I love both of these girls. Like both of these girls, I expect, will be in my life forever. Oddly enough, both of these girls are on my hand of five friends that I would consider to be there for me in the middle of the night, no matter what were to happen. So am I wrong? Is one of them toxic and I just haven't figured out that they're poisonous? Or are they just poisonous for each other? And it made me think about it. It made me think about poinsettias, that big leafy red plant that here in the United States we bring into our homes, Christians do, and those who celebrate Christmas around the holidays. And they're these big, beautiful red plants. The leaves are actually poisonous to our pets. But yet they're beautiful and they lift our spirits and they make us happier and they make us feel the season for those of us who bring them into our home. So they're good for humans, but yet poisonous to animals. So is it possible that certain people make us happy and joyful and we like having them around and they're good for us, but that same individual might be considered toxic or poisonous to someone else? 
are there certain people who are safe in certain dosages, but if I have too much of them, then they become toxic or then they become poisonous or then it becomes harmful to my health? Like think about water. I mean, we need water to sustain life. Yet every year, people die from water intoxication. In fact, sometimes these deaths can occur by people drinking as little as six liters of water in a short period of time. Now, that doesn't happen very often. It's usually when the electrolytes are really pushed to their limits. So in certain cases, you'll find marathon runners who their electrolytes are way off, but they're over-consuming water. And every year, there are marathoners who die from water over-intoxication. Remember the PlayStation Wii? Well, there were radio stations and other organizations that were doing these giveaways where you had to quote-unquote hold your Wii to win a Wii. And then moms and, and kids and people would go through these water drinking contests. And in two cases, individuals who were a part of that game or challenge to win a PlayStation Wii actually died of water intoxication. I don't know about you. I've had some pretty unhealthy people in my life and I've allowed them to be in my life to some extent. I've got to own that. But I can't say I've ever had somebody in my life who, if I spent too much time with them, I could die. You know, so really, perhaps we should reconsider that label toxic and think about what it really means when we label someone toxic. Most importantly, what does it say about us? A recent survey conducted by today.com and self.com listed what we consider traits of, quote, toxic people. Number one on the list was narcissism. Just about anyone who we feel only thinks about themselves, only thinks the world revolves around them, we consider them a narcissist and therefore toxic. The list also contains or included those who are toxic as being overly needy, too critical, giving backhanded compliments, undermining, proving to be flaky, unreliable, or downright sneaky. All of these behaviors were considered toxic. Now, when you heard that list of characteristics or traits that are considered toxic, I'll just bet that someone or some experience came to mind. But for a second, I just want you to sit on the flip side of that. Think about all those traits again. And consider a time where maybe your own actions were misinterpreted. And nine times out of ten, it's because people didn't have all the information. They were relying on gossip or bits and pieces of the information, and therefore they assumed you were being sneaky. Maybe they misinterpreted your very genuine compliment as being a backhanded negative comment. Or perhaps it's their own perception that you are being critical when in fact you're trying to give constructive feedback. Does that make you a toxic person? And this is a tough one, but do you think you've got some friends or acquaintances or even people from your past who, when they think of you, they think of the word toxic? Is it possible? Well, you have to assume that it is or you're a narcissist which would therefore make you a toxic person. As I often like to quote Dr. Phil, at least I think this is who came up with the phrase, we teach people how to treat us. In other words, if someone's going to hurt your feelings or make you feel bad, you almost have to give them permission in order for them to do that. And so when we label somebody as toxic, what we're really saying is we're giving this person permission to poison us. And really, do you want to give anyone that much power? Labeling somebody as poisonous really undermines your own strength. And to label somebody to have that much power only weakens the way we feel about ourselves. We also know that the only way to respond to negative or to hate or 
Anything that brings us down is to do so, at least in our own minds, in a loving way. It's certainly not transformational. It doesn't make us grow, and it certainly doesn't lift us up to think of other people in such a negative way and to put ourselves in a position that lacks power. Because when we blame and shame others, it only invites self-doubt and more negative thoughts, and especially when we gossip about that. And, and that's what it is, because to call someone toxic is, is merely your own judgment call. And if it's your own opinion, well then, frankly, it's gossip. And you just look so much weaker yourself when you've labeled another human being as toxic, another human being who, in the lives of somebody else, might be the person who lifts them up, the person who makes them feel like a million bucks, somebody else's best friend, and you've just labeled them as poisonous. So it really reflects far more negatively on the person who's done the labeling than the person who's just been labeled. Now listen, for the record, I too have labeled plenty of people toxic in my day. And if not publicly or to other people, I've at least thought that to myself, like, this person is not good for me. But I think we have to be very careful about giving someone that much power. And so that's why I wanted to visit this topic. First of all, what that means, at least for me, is that this person brings up a level of stress. And it doesn't have to be that they're a terrible person or an evil person or that they even have malintent. It just simply means that this individual, for whatever reason, and it may be my own issues, this person causes my stress level to rise. And it's difficult for me to be my best if I'm interacting or ingesting too much of them. So again, they might be perfect for somebody else and they might even be great for me. But if I take in too much, it becomes on a level where my stress gets to a point where it's, it's just not healthy. It's not good for me. It impedes my own growth. It makes me feel down or it makes me feel responsible or they just take up too much real estate in my brain. So rather than dismissing these people altogether, I do have some coping techniques for you. But I think first and foremost, we have to stop calling them toxic people. It's just not fair, right? And it's not a loving way to respond. And most importantly, like put all the kumbaya aside, it's not helping me grow. It's not helping you grow. If we give people these really easy, dismissive, negative, defeating labels, because the only person they're defeating is us. So instead of calling these people toxic people, can we all agree from this point forward, we're going to call them stress-inducing people, and the same person who induces stress on me might not induce any stress on you. It might be the person who you call to make yourself feel less stressed. It's a very individual thing. We have to remember, this is not a universal label. This label is very specific to you. This individual induces stress in you. But that's not to say that they induce stress in everyone. Nowhere is this more apparent than in families. You have a relative who some people absolutely find their stress levels going through the roof when they have to interact with this individual, whether it's your parents or a brother, an aunt, an uncle, a grandma, but for you or someone else in your family, you find this person completely innocuous. They're harmless. You don't feel or sense or experience the same things that someone else you love experiences. So that person is in fact a stress-inducing person for person A, but perhaps a stress-reducing influence for person B. So can we agree? that there is no such thing as a purely toxic person. I mean, are there completely evil people? I think that's even open to debate. But can we at least agree that there are certain people 
who raise our own personal stress levels, who induce those feelings in us, and they might not induce those feelings in others. If we can agree upon that, I think we can move forward, and I'm sure that we can find more growth in this opportunity than we can negativity. Are we cool? Okay, cool. Let's move forward. So we still need a term, right? I mean, we just do. I can't tell you not to use a term when we've been using this word toxic, toxic friends for so long. I mean, you Google the term friends and the next word that pops up is toxic. And that means it's a pretty popular topic. People are trying to figure out what friends are bad for us or what influences we should try to remove from our lives. So we need another word. And I think a word that's actually going to give us more power and more self-awareness is triggering. But like that doesn't just roll off your tongue, right? Like that's a friend that's, I find that friend very triggering. So I started just giving this a lot of thought and thinking about the people who I know aren't really healthy for me personally to be around. And those kind of individuals, they're not bad people for me personally. The kind of people who it's not healthy for me to be around are people who are really needy. People who ask for advice, but they really don't want it. People who expect for me to, or at least have learned because I've taught them to rely on me to take care of their problems and fix their financial woes and give them the same advice over and over and over. And the reason why those people are not healthy for me is because it triggers something in me. In other words, they are an activator. They activate something inside of me. They trigger something inside of me that isn't necessarily healthy. And for me, what that triggers is that need to be needed that desire to have somebody say, wow, you really saved the day and I owe everything to you. And that's required a lot of soul searching on my part to figure out why those kinds of people weren't healthy for me. And they might be completely healthy to somebody else because they don't activate that, that need or that desire in someone else. The same way, if you can think of someone who just makes you feel really bad about yourself, they're activating something inside of you. They're triggering something inside of you, something that's unresolved, something from your past that makes you feel bad or makes you feel good. For me, it was triggering something that made me feel good. I would meet these types of people or for whatever reason, let them into my life, actually attract them into my life. I call them wounded birds. And then it would activate those, those uh, feelings of being important because I could take care of somebody and I could fix all of their problems and I could pay all of their bills and I could solve all of their issues. And that would activate this, this feeling or this desire to feel needed or to feel worthy. And I had to recognize that those weren't toxic people. It was just triggering something inside of me that wasn't healthy. We interrupt this broadcast. I guess I should say I interrupt my own broadcast to bring you this special announcement. I wanted to tell you about the Courageous Confidence Club. Now, Tens of thousands of people have done this webinar, and I would love for you to do it too. It's a free webinar. I offer it many times per week, and in it, I'm going to specifically give you some steps that I promise by the end of the webinar will help you to eliminate self-doubt. I mean, who doesn't want more confidence? So to get registered for an upcoming free webinar, please go to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash webinar. Okay, thanks for allowing me to interrupt myself. Boy, that sounded awkward. Perhaps I should say thanks in advance for joining me on the webinar. I would love to have you as a guest. And now, back to the show. So I want you for a moment to just think about the first name, the very first name that comes to mind when I say, this is a toxic person. Got him? Okay. 
Now forget about them for a second and think about yourself. How does this person make you feel? What, is it, what does this person make you feel about yourself? And when was the first time you remember someone else making you feel that way? Or the first experience that you can recall that made you feel this way? Now, you might have to think way back, like way back. Like try to think of the very first time somebody made you feel that way. And remember, it might not be a negative. You might be someone like me who, someone who's considered a trigger or an inducer or an activator, for me is someone who triggers or activates my need to feel needed or to feel worthy or to feel valued. Right, But you might be thinking of someone right now who's toxic because they've made you feel like you did something wrong, or they made you feel like you were less than them, or they made you feel like you weren't good enough. So who was or when was the first time you ever remember feeling that? Because for whatever reason, this person is activating those same feelings. They're triggering that response, that memory. And for other people who didn't have that same experience or memory or, or childhood experience, this same individual might not be toxic for them. But, but for you, this person activates all those negative thoughts and feelings. Someone who's activated or stimulated or triggered something in you that doesn't feel good. So now we know that to be true. What should we do about it? Now I get it. This takes some brutal honesty and it's not always comfortable. And it's so much easier to point our fingers at someone else and go, that's a toxic person. I should get them out of my life. But it doesn't help us grow. It doesn't make me better. It doesn't help me to evolve. And most of all, it doesn't make that feeling go away. And every time I think about that person, that feeling comes back, right? And that creates stress. And we know that stress is really unhealthy. And we also know that we shouldn't expose ourselves to long-lasting episodes of stress. So then what do we do with these people who induce stress in us when we know that exposure to even a few days of stress can compromise our effectiveness, our ability to make good decisions, our ability to reason, our ability to have memory recall, and then weeks of stress can sometimes create irreversible damage to our brains and months and years can actually destroy neurons. So shouldn't we get rid of these stress-inducing people, these people who activate something inside of us that produces and triggers stress? Well, when that stress gets out of control, your brain begins to suffer. And therefore, your ability to manage your emotions and remain calm starts to become impacted. And that has a direct effect on your performance in all areas of your life. And we know it has a direct effect on your happiness. I mean, think about it. If you've just received very upsetting news, it's pretty dangerous to drive under those circumstances. When you were younger, like in high school, if you ever had a high school boyfriend or girlfriend, if you got in a big fight, it was pointless to try to study. That time was useless. A study by TalentSmart with over 1 million respondents found that 90% of top performers are skilled at managing their response to stress. And most people indicated that their greatest attribute was their ability to get this neutralize toxic or stress-inducing people. Bam! So there it is. It's not removing them. Successful people learn how to manage their own response. Their own response, 
not to cut those people out of their lives, but to manage and neutralize their own response to people who induce stress, who activate feelings, who trigger a response in us. And that's what we're going to get better at. Now, I'm not going to tell you that you have to expose yourself to this person or, you know, it's your problem and not theirs. Because I believe that there are, in fact, people who we should create healthy boundaries because we know that they activate something inside of us that isn't healthy. I just think that we do ourselves a disservice by labeling the other person as being unhealthy. And instead, we should look inside ourselves and understand what and why this person triggers these feelings in us and then what we should do about it. You know, because if we know water is good for us, but drinking six liters of it could kill us, well, then we have to look at these same people who trigger an unhealthy response in ourselves and figure out, well, how much can I tolerate? How much should I tolerate? How much is reasonable? And how much is really the equivalent of just drinking myself sick? I like water. I plan on drinking water. I don't plan on drinking six liters in 15 minutes. That would be toxic. But I still plan to drink water. So there are solutions other than just cutting somebody out of your life. And don't get me wrong. I do believe that there are those instances where you're dealing with someone who is so incredibly unhealthy that it is best for you to cut them out of your lives and get a restraining order and move far, far away and change your name and go into the witness protection program. But that's a pretty rare case. Most of us can live a much healthier, less stressful, happier life by just learning to manage these people. And most importantly, learning to figure out why certain people really induce and activate those feelings in us. And then working on those triggers within ourselves first. Because I don't know you, but I know we're a lot alike, and that's why you're a lifer. So I assume that we all agree life would be much better if people couldn't push our buttons. If we were just less affected by the way people are, you know, we could just go, well, this isn't personal and it's their issue. God bless them. It doesn't upset me. Wouldn't that be awesome? Well, I think that's possible. Maybe not with 100% of the people in our lives, but I'll just bet with a little bit of work and a lot of self-awareness that we can get to a place where we can better manage our our own response to stress-inducing people. And that's what I'm going to help you with in my next episode. But I needed to set the stage for this first, and I needed you to do some self-exploration, not the physical kind, the mental kind. I really want you to do this. I, I really want you to write down three names, the names of the last three people, or perhaps the first three people that come to mind when you think of the term toxic people. And I want you to think of people who you've given this label to, even if you've only given them this label in your own mind, like you haven't gossiped about them. You haven't told other people that they're quote-unquote toxic. You've just thought to yourself, this person isn't good for me. And then what it was they stirred up in you. What feelings do you remember feeling? What negative thoughts did you have about yourself? How do they affect you? How do they upset you? What emotions come up? Like just really write down as many adjectives as possible without thinking about the other person too much. Like I really want you to focus on what you felt, how this made you think about yourself, Uh, what your interaction with this person, what it brought up for you. Just try to be as self-centered in your thinking when it comes to this person as possible. So I don't want you to point the finger. I don't want you to, you know, write down things like, this is a horrible person, but maybe things like this person made me feel insecure or this person made me feel responsible for them. 
this person made me feel negative or like I didn't deserve my success or that I was shaming them or when I interact with this person, I feel ugly or overweight or not smart enough, not cool enough, not nice enough, not caring enough. This person makes me feel as though I've done something wrong. This person makes me feel as though I'm not good enough. I'm not there for them, that I'm selfish or narcissistic or not important or not important enough. This person makes me question who I am or they challenge my resolve to stay sober and to do the right thing. This individual makes me question if in fact I'm doing the right thing or, or even question my own potential. When I interact with this person, I have self-doubt. I wonder if other people like me. I feel bad about myself. Like really list all of the things that come to mind that you feel when you think about interacting with this individual. I need to do this on paper. And you can write it in cryptic notes if you want, just in case your handwritten note ends up in the wrong person's hands. So just jot down a few notes. What was the incident or the straw that broke the camel's back? And then when you think about how they made you feel, when was a time as early back as you can remember that you recall feeling that way? And what did it bring up for you? What does it make you feel about yourself? What does it make you think about yourself? Okay, that's your homework assignment for today. I promise I will provide you with solutions in my next episode. If you know someone who's dealing with someone they've labeled a toxic person, Y'all better be a good friend and send them the link to this podcast. How do you do that? You just go up to the top of your screen when you're looking at your podcast, right? And there's a little box with an arrow in it. And when you click on that, it will share or copy this link. And you can paste that into an email or a text message. How cool is that? And then it'll say something like, hey, check out this cool episode. And you can just put your own little note in there like this is all about toxic people that'll lure them in don't tell them yet that we're not going to call them toxic people anymore what are we calling them we're calling them inducers or activators right okay cool so be sure to share this episode don't forget to leave me a review on itunes i love you for doing that use the hashtag lifer so i know you listen to this particular episode and by all means don't forget to check back because you know what you are the bomb.com.